You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. And uh, let's talk some TCU athletics. I did not think that I would start today's podcast here on Tuesday, March 30th, talking some TCU basketball, but some news came down last night, actually during the uh, the final four games that was related to uh, to the Frogs. RJ Nimhard, leading scorer for t- leading scorer for TCU last year, and uh, one of their better guards, he declared for the NBA draft. Now, my understanding. According to Drew Davidson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, is that uh, RJ can still um, come back to school because he's going to basically test the waters, you know, put, dip his toe in the water, see what his draft grade is going to be, not hire an agent, and then uh, if it's not what he thinks it should be, he can come back for another season. If you're hearing some background noise right now, that's the lovely SpaceX facility in McGregor, Texas, and they're testing some rockets, so... Sorry for getting a little uh, background noise. It's currently shaking my house. That's a fun thing about living in this part of the world. Uh, Elon Musk just likes to shoot off rockets from time to time in a small town. It's a very like Stranger Things vibe uh, here in McGregor sometimes when, when you get this going. But anyway, let's talk RJ Nimhart. I was surprised by this initially because I just I didn't have on my radar that this team had players that were really looking at, you know, professional careers moving forward. But RJ is really athletic. He's long. uh, He's big for a guard. And looking at his stats, I mean, he's improved each year. You know, he he shot 40% this season. He averaged 15.7 points. Um, And the thing about the NBA draft, too, is the older you get, the less chance there is that you're getting drafted. Like, it's it's all about potential. It's all about upside. I mean, that's why guys like Kai Jones and Greg Brown, who are one and done at Texas and didn't really do much of anything in college, they're going to the NBA because they're 19 years old and the league GMs and coaches just think, well, if I get this guy with raw athletic ability at that age, I can turn him into a really good player. Anthony Edwards with the Timberwolves. Uh, he might be rookie of the year. He'll probably end up going to LaMelo Ball, but Edwards is having a nice season there in Minnesota. He didn't do anything at Georgia. I mean, Georgia was not a relevant team. He was not a super popular player. Ben Simmons at LSU, you could go down the list. It, it's just a weird um, draft to project. You have the occasional consensus number one dude like Cade Cunningham, who is also a monster in college. But you have guys that are kind of blah in college and still get drafted high because coaches want these young guys with potential. So I get it from that perspective. And then I started poking around and looking at draft grades and RJ and a lot of uh, NBA draft projection sites is grading out as a second round pick. There's even one NBA draft.net that has him at the end of the first round. I think that's a little rich. I don't feel like that's where he's going to go. But there's enough fire there, enough smoke there, that it seems like it's probably time for him to see, you know, if, if that's true or not. If the decision makers agree with some of these analysts and think that he could be a potential draft pick in this year's class. 
Because coming back to TCU for another year, as much as I'd like to see him play again, is probably not going to help his uh, his draft stock too much, to be honest. Unless he just adds a completely new dimension to his game, but he's also going to be another year older, and that matters a lot in the NBA. Whether it should or not is up for debate, but Desmond Bain, that's pretty rare that a 23, 22-year-old guy gets picked in the first round now. And if it is, it's usually towards the end of the first round. He's having a great rookie season. He's been fantastic. Memphis got a steal. I'm just saying from a, you know, where could you end up going in the draft perspective, the older you get, uh, the further down you might end up dropping. Another thing that caught me by surprise here is when he announced this, I saw a lot of fans have the reaction of basically like, well, good riddance, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And listen, there's not a lot in the TCU basketball program right now that I'm optimistic about or that I feel good about. And RJ had some limitations, but he could score. And go ahead and list the guys on that roster right now that can score points. It's pretty slim. Mike Miles, maybe Kevin Samuel if he's coming back and they give him the ball. And... I mean, there's not a lot of dudes on this roster that can fill it up. And RJ could at least do that. While he wasn't super efficient, 40% from the field, 33% from three, not bad for a college player. He turned the ball over way too much. This is also a classic example, though, of a guy that's being asked to do too much. If RJ was in a different role on another team, or on this team in a different role, I think he could thrive. And I want to see Mike Miles be the number one option going into next season. But this idea that this dude can't help you next year, when you have a team that can't break 50 points on some nights, I don't know. I mean, be, be careful what you wish for. Because there's not, there's not a ton of reinforcements coming in. This does open up a spot if he ends up going to the draft for potentially, you know, a transfer point guard. But I'm just I'm just saying, like, there's not a lot of dudes on that team that can go one on one and get a bucket. And he was he was one of the few that could do that. So I, I think they're gonna miss him. The other question is, does anybody else do this? Kevin Samuel, I mean he's been in college for a long time. This year was a pretty big disappointment. Didn't get the ball. So, does he test the waters? The thing about basketball, too, is even if you don't make it in the NBA, you can make some pretty good money overseas. And I think both those guys can at least play at that level. Kevin has the size to maybe get a camp invite. It just his game is so limited. And I, I think the game has sort of passed him by. Like, his style of play as a big man is not, not what, uh, what NBA teams want in 2021. But yeah, RJ Nemhard going to the NBA draft. So I wish him the best. RJ, I hope it works out for you. Uh, and potentially TCU losing their leading score off this year's basketball team. We'll come back, talk some TCU spring football. But let's talk about Rock Auto first. Rock Auto is a great website. It's a family-owned business. They've actually been serving customers for uh, a number of years. And what I love about Rock Auto is even somebody that's pretty clueless about cars like me, I can go on the website, I can find exactly what I need. I can compare manufacturers, I can compare prices. 
I can get the exact part for my make and model. They have a, a great search feature that helps you pinpoint what it is that your vehicle needs. RockAuto.com, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Again, that's RockAuto.com. They have a, a How Did You Hear About Us section. And when you go there, click on Locked On so they know that we sent you there. RockAuto.com. Back on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, and let's talk some spring football. I wanted to get into a question that I've kind of been kicking around in my mind the last few days, which is what constitutes a successful season for TCU football in 2021? And I was wondering about this because TCU has been kind of building towards this for a while. Uh, Max Duggan has been your starter for a couple seasons now. The defense has been fairly consistent. Some early season struggles the last few years, but they've really rounded it into form as the year's gone on. You have a lot of players returning in your secondary. Pretty much all your skill position guys are coming back. You have a wide receiving core that I think you, you feel the best about for the first time since, or this is probably the best you feel about a wide receiving core since uh, that Josh Doxson era, those teams. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone is as talented as Josh was. He was a game wrecker. Hopefully Quentin Johnson can turn into that as he continues to develop and form into a player. But you have a lot of weapons. Zach Evans, Darwin Barlow, Kendra Miller and the running backs, Quentin Johnston, Tay Barber, Savion Williams, J.D. Spielman as your wide receivers. Got a couple big-time um, tight ends, one coming in as a grad transfer, and the Andre Rogers, who is basically a true freshman. These things didn't work out for him at Oregon. Um, offensive line is reworked. I think there's some potential there. Got a transfer from Memphis who's supposed to help solidify things. So a ton of optimism. All that being said, Big 12 is still tough. Oklahoma is the standard. They're the team to beat. Iowa State in recent years has kind of, um, you know, worked their way into that conversation for the number two spot. Oklahoma State is losing a number of guys, but they're always solid under Mike Gundy. Texas has a new coach and Steve Sarkeesian. Then you have some teams in the middle that have good coaches like Neil Brown at West Virginia, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. So there's not a lot of give me games on the schedule. And you open the season with Duquesne, whatever. You know, you're gonna you're gonna win. Then you play Cal, SMU, and Texas all at home, which should be a fun kind of three-game set there. Can you go 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh in that run? You also have some really tough road trips. You're playing Oklahoma on the road in Norman. You get Kansas State on the road. Oklahoma State on the road, Iowa State on the road, and Tech on the road. Oklahoma State and Iowa State, always just a tough place to play. K-State has had TCU's number in some ugly games the last few years. That's also a tough environment. Tech, weird things happen there, tough environment. Those are difficult road trips. So does that temper expectations any? What, what constitutes to you 
as a TCU fan, a successful season in 2021? Is it winning eight or nine games and firmly being in a bowl game, getting a better bowl bid than you have in the past few seasons? A couple seasons ago, didn't even get one. Or is it contending for a Big 12 title? That's where it starts for me. I, I think even though the schedule is difficult, I mean, that's rough. At Oklahoma State, at Iowa State, at Oklahoma, you could go one and two in that run and feel pretty good. I mean, that's that's a difficult road. Those are difficult road trips. It's a tough ask for your team to come out and win those games. But I still think you've been building towards this for years. And to me, this is a, a big measuring stick year for... You, you've been in the Big 12 for 10 seasons. <clears throat> a full decade. And you had a run where three out of four years... You were in Big 12 title contention. <clears throat> a couple of those seasons, you were firmly in the playoff mix. So, was that an anomaly? Or is that something that we can count on more regularly from this program? Because if you look at it from a positive perspective, you say, hey, You've had one decade, in the, you, you made the jump from the group of five to the power five. You've had one decade in that conference. And you've been able to, in three of those seasons, be a conference title contender and potentially a playoff contender. And you know what? That's not actually too bad when you look at it from that perspective. Flip side of that is, was that just a special kind of once-in-a-generation moment for this team, at least at the Big 12 level. I know TCU has sustained success for a long, long time and went to BCS games even in Mountain West and won. But was, was that just a nice little run with some incredible players, especially on offense with Trayvon Boykin and Josh Dodson and Aaron Green and a really good offensive line? Or can you count on that being a more regular occurrence? I feel like success starts with 9 or 10 wins and contending for a Big 12 title. I, I would consider that a successful season for TCU. And those are high expectations. A lot of years I wouldn't go in with those kind of expectations. But I feel like with everything you have coming back, you have to think that way. Even with a difficult schedule, even with some of the places you have to go on the road and play this year. You gotta find a way to get it done. And we'll see how we do. But to me, that's what defines a successful season for TCU football in 2021 is nine or ten wins and contending for a conference title. Let me know on Twitter. I'm at Simcox Steven. The show is at Locked On TCU. Tell me how many wins you'd like to see TCU get in 2021 to consider this season a success. Let's talk about a few of our great sponsors first. BetOnline.ag. Final four coming up this weekend. A couple of Elite Eight games tonight. Why don't you try to make some money on those? Go to BetOnline.ag. Find out what the lines are. If there are any good prop bets, over-unders, etc. And Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports will give you great advice on how to win, how to make some cash. BetOnline.ag. They're your online Sportsbook experts, go there today. Also want to tell you about Built Bar. I love Built Bar. Most delicious protein bar I've ever had. Have great flavors. 
amazing taste and it's good for you. Only 180 calories. It's rare that something that tastes this good is good for you. Take advantage of it. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20. Get 20% off your next order. Order Built Bar today. Locked on Horn Frogs final segment. I'll just quickly tell you uh, TCU baseball. They're taking on UT Arlington tonight. That game's at 6.30 p.m. It's not on TV, only on radio. KTCU 88.7 FM is where you can find it. And I believe also, since that's a non-conference game, you can stream it on the TCU mobile app. Uh, it's pretty easy to find it. That's where I usually stream those games. But yeah, TCU and UTA baseball team trying to stay red hot and win their sixth game in a row as they get ready for a weekend series with Oklahoma that is upcoming starting on Friday. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.